Humans collect all sorts of interesting things. Some love to decorate their houses and homes with dairy cows, green frogs, and Marvel characters. All of these things are considered normal and benign for the most part. Some of us, however, enjoy collecting more obscure items, items that may be considered taboo to many, or even morose and possibly diabolical and malignant. True crime authors and amateur sleuths consider these items ubiquitous with sinister meanings and serial killers. Yet that is only the few and not the majority of the reasons behind the drive to gather and display these more macabre and eclectic items. Do they represent the obsession with death? Or could they be more about the celebration of life? This episode of Things I Want to Know, we delve deep into the world of the eccentric and the strange as we ask the questions that everyone wants to know. Rocky Degatti is an artist, writer, and musician who uh, comes originally from Rhode Island, but she likes New England. We were talking about that. And she loves bones, skulls, and all things odd and grim since she was a kid walking around the historic cemeteries of New England. Her dad, her sister, uncle, and cousins were all were artists and teachers. She's the black sheep of the family as she works in the medical field by day and is an artist and writer by night and sometimes a rock star on the weekends. In fact, Rocky, you have a band playing behind you now, don't you? I do. I've, I've been stuffing uh, pillows into the red heat, uh, the sound registers for the vents to try to <laughs> muffle it because we had some sound issues on my end where I don't have my handy dandy uh headphones and mics so yeah we, we're gonna get serenaded whether we like it or not <laughs> that's all right you thanks, know. Baby, thanks for having me yeah copyright free music is always invited whenever it comes to podcasting <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do in the medical field uh i am a retired uh new jersey ent oh i live in, now i am from uh from originally from rhode island uh, but I've been living in New Jersey for approximately 17 years. And I currently work uh, for a very large health system in their information technology department, despite the fact that I couldn't get the sound to work. Um, <laughs> I work I work within a very large framework of the electronic medical record. I'm an analyst uh, for an IT now. That's what you do when your back gives out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. um, I'm a nurse, been a nurse since 2001. A registered nurse. Yes, registered nurse. And I kind of work on the subset of the HIM department. So I kind of understand what you do. I do CDI, clinical documentation. So I, I kind of understand it's what you do when you're wanting to expand your horizons and not be grinding your feet at the bedside. So I, I totally get it. So Yeah. Well, if I told you that every day was an epic day for me, would that make sense to you? Of yes, totally. (laughs) So I've got so many questions. She she is, she is absolutely, Andrea is absolutely 100% 
enthused about talking to you about what you do and what you collect. I'm so curious. Um, Well, start, lady. Let's go. (laughs) Hence the things I want to know. So um, I guess what I want to ask is how do you acquire body parts legally? Well, first of all, it's it's kind of a misconception that trading in body parts is universally university rather universally illegal. It is perfectly legal in forty seven out of fifty states to trade in bones. It is legal within the state only in two other states, and it is only illegal to buy, sell, trade human bones in one state. Can you get the one state in the entire 50 United States. New York. I'll even include the territory. But where? New York. No. California? No. Louisiana. Is it somewhere else? Louisiana. 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 Okay, because I was looking at your website, and it said in there that, you know, basically you could not ship human bones to Louisiana, Georgia, and Tennessee? Uh, Louisiana, Georgia, and Tennessee. Um, Louisiana is a no-fly zone. No way, no how. Weird, because they have a lot of macabre stuff down in New Orleans. Exactly. New Orleans, like the capital city of macabre. Right. Well, you know, I think that, and and this is in no way any, any, any type of judgment, I think historically they have had uh, issues with grave robbing. Yeah. Oh, Well, okay. you can't bury anybody in South Louisiana. Because the water well, table is right there and they'll float. So you have to put them in little mausoleums on the top and it makes it a whole hell of a lot easier to break in and steal their stuff. Well, actually, interestingly enough, um, I've, I've also been in cemetery preservation for about 20 years. No, I've never, not once. I have an extreme reverence for cemeteries and places of the dead. I, I do not pass go, do not collect anything. I leave it as it was, and I make sure there's no trash in it other than that. But, you know, you don't, um, I don't believe in any type of desecration. I'm not a criminal, <laughs> just so you know. Mm-hmm. I just get that right out in the open. I don't do anything illegal. Um, but in Louisiana, they actually had a case. Um, and folks can, can Google the name Ender Darling. Ender Darling? Like, Ender Darling. Okay. And actually, you'll love this. It was, it was around about t- uh, 2015, 2016. They were calling this Bongazi. Bongazi? Bongazi. <laughs> and, uh, Ender Darling uh, professed that for their uh, occult religious practice, they would take bones from the cemetery. Now, actually, those mausoleums that are above ground in 99.99% of those deep water table areas, they are really difficult to, to get into because the, the way they're constructed is they look like pizza ovens. And, and I realize that's a little, a little callous, but right, basically they look like pizza ovens. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I went on a great haunted history tour in New Orleans. The haunted history tour people explained this to me. And what happened was when you die, and, and there was a wonderful tour guide who since passed. His name was Mitch. And Mitch said, Uncle Charlie goes into the tomb. Bonsoir. Uh-huh. He says, and he's in there for 366 days. And what happens is because of the climate and the fact that it's pretty much literally like a pizza oven, that uh, incurs a natural crematory process. Yeah. There's a space in the back of the, of the, of the vault that's called the caveau. 
which is uh, from the French for cave. And when that 366 day comes, they open that front panel and they get a broom and they sweep the ashes into the cavell. That's how, because I was walking through uh, St. Louis. It gets uh, that one. hot inside there that basically all organic material breaks down into just ash? If you've been to Louisiana, yeah. anytime after, say, I don't know, June and before November, October, you'll believe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we're yeah, in Northwest it, Arkansas, and I've got a lot of folks in my family that are uh, Cajun. Uh, Rabinick, uh Bouchot, oh, like all, all that stuff, yeah. And, you related uh, to Dr. John? Dr. John? John Rabinick? Yeah, Matt Rabinac. Matt Rabinac. No, I don't, I don't. I'm not related to that person. No. Dr. John, the real, the, the old uh, musician. No, no. Anyway, so when you, so they, so they're we're, able. We're to not do that this. good. We're just kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first went to New Orleans and I and I first uh, checked out uh, these the cemetery and everything because I would look at these vaults and I'm thinking they're like mausoleum vaults that there's one per. And that's fine. But if you go up to the actual vault and look at the plaque, you might see some that say, you know, uh, Jane Doe from, I don't know, 1890 something, uh, John Doe, 18, you know, 70 something. It has all these multiple names on it. And I was thinking, how in the hell are they going to cram all those people in there? <laughs> and that's what I learned on the tour is that they, they, there's a natural crematory process. And apparently, if accidentally, like, someone dies in the family, right after someone else and you don't it's not time to open up and sweep yet you can rent a vault for that year and then they remove the ashes and put them in your family vault when everybody's ready to wow. go i didn't know that so, but it takes an extreme amount of heat to yeah, create a body it, but at 1400 degrees 1700 degrees over a two-hour period sure two hours but no it's during a day yeah, but these people are in there for a year at this extreme heat. In a day, yeah. So it no, never no, stops. So it's, it's a natural crematory process. It's, it's very cool. I, I was fascinated by, by that whole scenario because it was certainly, you know, for a kid from Rhode Island, that was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard of. <laughs> and, but also in New Orleans, which is where this, this story fits in, is there's a cemetery that, that's not too far from City Park called Hope cemetery h-o-l-t yeah and the pictures are very dramatic it's a it's a what i we always call the potter's field it is a cemetery that is inexpensive and is typically used for the indigent and those who can't afford the larger more magnanimous uh vault if you're anybody's a blues or a jazz fan uh buddy bolden is buried in holt cemetery uh the, the old horn player yeah. so holt cemetery does bury underground they have to truck in dirt because as you correctly noted, the water table is ridiculous. Yeah. And anytime there's a storm, and I don't want to tell you what happened after some of the bigger hurricanes. Oh, the tree had the people were floating everywhere. It was bad. Exactly. Awful. Yeah. So this, this, this Ender Darling person, uh, when they went into Holt Cemetery, if you went after it rained heavily or whatever, it is not uncommon that you may if they haven't got the dirt in yet, that you may somehow be able to easily without fuss obtain 
something. Now, the thing is, is this, in my opinion, falls under just because you can doesn't mean you should. And feel free yeah. to throw that back when we talk about my jewelry later. <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, I, that's I had, you know, I had many, many girlfriends tell me that over the years. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, I guess that's at least to my next question. Like, how do you obtain these parts? Well, there's there's a lot of different ways. The, the ones that I, and I, I speak only for myself, um, they're retired medical specimens. When uh, people donate their bodies to science, when the skeletons go into classrooms and, and teaching places, um, they eventually get replaced. And those bones, because it is legal to buy and sell and there is a market, go out into osteological supply places and, and things like that. They're, they're not difficult to obtain if you do not live in Georgia, Louisiana or Tennessee. And by the way, Georgia and Tennessee, their gig is a little bit lighter. You can own and buy and sell bones. You just can't have them cross state lines. So if you want to buy a human skull in the state of Georgia, you're welcome to. You just have to find it in Georgia. And if you ever move from Georgia, you can't take it with you. So I guess my That's next weird. my next question is, is say like, I want to donate my body to science and I'm 96 years old. And I tell my pe- my friends and my family, donate my body to science. Once you do that, you're pretty much just whatever they want to do when they're done with you. You don't have like some sort of process of being cremated or buried or... That goes into a deeper, a deeper section of it where ethically obtained um, specimens, they may not have a specificity for a, a when you're done. I don't think it's like a when you're done rental thing. Like I, yeah. I've offered, you know, it's like, okay, well, you can use me. And then when you're done, you just, you know, I think it's kind of like an all or nothing. It's kind of how I but look at life. You can use it, me and when you're done, it's like, okay. Well, you know, it's like I wouldn't mind donating my body to science maybe one of these days. This is just hypothetical. And like knowing that medical students can do whatever, but I don't know if I necessarily want to be known that I'm a piece of jewelry on somebody's wall. Can you specify that? Well, I, 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 this is the way I look at it. I have, I have a, a, the, like I said, the opportunity to obtain the bones. But, and I, I elevate them into an art form. I think it's beautiful that the people that, that my clients may not be who you think they are. And I know you're going to, you're going to laugh and you're going to totally get this. Most of my clients are actually medical and academics. That's hilarious, but I can understand that too. Well, what do you get the ortho that has everything, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't need those. I have everything and I don't, I, it's, it's nice. You can have them if you want, but just, I don't need that for Christmas or birthdays or. You don't want Fair a Patella for Christmas? No, no. I, okay. A coccyx, I, I don't need one. I have I have my own coccyx, thank you. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm, we, just, we, I'm just screwing around. I'm just screwing around. Well, here's the thing, you know, if, if you change your mind, I, I have a fibula or, or, or a radius and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I believe it's an all or nothing. I would have to reread it, and uh, I read it like about I think about eight or nine years ago. But I highly recommend the book "Stiff: The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers" by Mary Roach. She wrote this tremendous book, and it's about what happens when people donate their bodies to science. See, I think and, it should be okay if you want to. If you, it, it, I think the 
it should be okay to sell your body parts after you're dead. It should be fine. You should, you could like sell it beforehand if you want to, but I think it should be, I don't think we should just be grabbing people that have died and donated to science or something like that. And then now we've got them as jewelry. I, I understand it's okay. And I'm okay with it. I really am. I'm just thinking about. No, I understand person. that you're not being inflammatory. I got yeah, that. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking that it, this person should, even though they're dead, it's still their parts. It belongs to them. And just because, you know, your distant second cousin is the only family you got left and they're an asshole, you know, they shouldn't be able to make 10 grand off your corpse or five grand or 200 bucks or whatever. If that's not what you want. I just don't, I, I, I worry that people are hanging on the wall that if you asked them when they're alive, they'd be like, Nope, I don't want that. You know? Well, you know, one can, that's, that's an excellent point. It wouldn't really be that your asshole cousin sold you <laughs> out, out and all. A lot of this is, um, for whatever reason, and, and many, many of it, I believe, comes in from foreign trade. But a lot of it is that, and that, again, I'm not from part of the initial purchase. Yeah. Or I'm not part of the initial transaction. I'm part of the transaction when these are being cast off. So I can't speak as to the process of how they become cast off because I'm not part of that yeah. part of the thing. I'm, I'm part of the, the part where I'm a collector. I can legally obtain them. And to me, they're beautiful. Oh, I, well, I, I, no, no doubt. The, the, well, right. And it's, no and it's you know, no accounting for taste either. Well, and, you know, everybody likes something different. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it as long as it's not nefarious. Oh God, no! Yes, I, I don't go for that. Like people have asked me, and when I I do um, Ed Gein and his lampshades, you know what I'm saying? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well. So how do you obtain these parts? I mean, is it like, do you have like certain places you go? You don't have to give any secrets up. We're just, no, no, no. I'm just we, curious. We, it's, it's like, like a secret. I have a receipt for every single bone I've ever created. I would want to have a DNA profile tied to a non-murder case. I mean, do you like go on the internet? I mean, how do you, how do you obtain these? There are these? places that sell to museums. Yes. Oh, there are okay. places that sell legitimately sell and they will have the same thing. Cannot ship to Georgia, Louisiana or Tennessee. <laughs> you know, they have, there are places that are sell to museums that sell animal and human bone. They sell teaching models. They sell all of this stuff. Wow. So if I want to become a body to science, I need to like specify what you're going to happen to me afterwards. If not, I could be sold to a museum or. You could be. Or I don't know someone's necklace. I mean, it's it's very you interesting. You could also in a crash test dummy. You could also your, oh, your wow. all of your could end up definitely read Mary Roach's book. Stiff. I I, hey, I, yes. I guarantee you'll be entertained by it, and it'll it's very illuminating. And there are so many uses. You could be you could be buried on a cadaver farm waiting for a dog to dig you up because he's learning how to how to find people. So, so I'll that be he okay can, with that because that helps find murderers, and I'm good with that. So that would be one exactly. case I would be like, okay, I can do that. I agree, but religiously I can't. So yeah, but I it was I don't know. But it's helping. Uh, you're, I guess I could say like that situation. You're sort of yeah helping mankind and helping something better than what you were on life in life. Plus it could that plus they let you rot there the whole time. I mean they may collect the bones, but you're not going to get cremated. 
True. You know, everybody's got now. Like, there are different, you know, spiritualities that will have different rules about disposition. And usually, I always would say, if you have concerns about any kind of donation, definitely, you know, hammer it out with your clergy first. So I've I'm got. Not, a, I'm not. I got like a, my mom go before ahead. Vatican II was afraid of formation. Yeah, we're not. She's. She's Jewish. I'm Luther, uh, conservative Lutheran, and neither one of us are, are, are. We're not supposed to be cremated. Correct. So you know that's definitely you would have to, like I said, hand, hammer out that out with you know what what works for you. Me personally, if there's anything left, <laughs> yeah, and, and, is welcome to it. And for my own personal, you could set that uh, up before you die. That a buddy of yours could could to take you and 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 set you up in a bar somewhere with the sign. You could just be like pointing at people and say, "Yeah, your music. You need to practice more." <laughs> right? Yeah. You gonna pull? What was you gonna pull a John Barrymore with me? <laughs> you ever hear that story? The Tony Alamo story too. What, what's the, tell yeah, us the Barrymore got, story? John Barrymore got got uh, pilfered. Uh, after he was prepped for his wake and they put him in a chair, put a drink in front of him and scared some of his other friends. <laughs> I think, you know, the crowd we're talking, we're talking like uh, yeah. Richard, Harris, Daryl Flynn, that group. So, <laughs> well, Tony Alamo yeah. did just, the, he did something similar. He's from down here. He was a religious cult guy and Wait. he embalmed his wife when she died and put her in a clear casket at the front of the church, you had to see her whenever you went to church. Man, ouch. Wow. Yeah. And there was like, that can't be legal, but it, at the time it was. Like, we changed our laws in Arkansas since then. So I, I can guess believe. my next question is, is how do you obtain these parts? I mean, do you send them to the U.S. Postal Service or do you like? Yeah. I I'm, order them just like, I. you know what? I think... If you were to, and again, this is not a secret. If you were to go online right now, go to amazon.com and put in like real human finger bones, see what comes up. Okay. That's slightly. That's a dare. Live dare. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to do it. So the question that I, the, the question that I have though, there was a guy recently that Pennsylvania. Yes. He got arrested for receiving body parts. So why did he get in trouble? I don't know the specific case you're speaking of, but I can tell you body parts is a little general. There are some, some very uh, interesting specifics to the laws. The specifics to the laws include, uh, we're talking about either when they talk about trade and we're going to call it human remains, that's either bone or it's what they'll call a wet specimen. Yeah. And of course, a wet specimen is anything packed in formalin and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You can't cut off your own toe and sell it to somebody. (laughs) You can't sell body parts, yeah, when you're alive. That's for sure. Because that's that's, that's illegal. What they they would deem viable tissue. Yeah. Okay. So so I don't know the particulars of that case, but that sounds, because Pennsylvania does not have a human remains uh, law that prohibits the owning, buying, and selling of human remains, and you can bring them across straight lines. But all the states 
have an issue with viable tissue. So that may have been a viability thing. I'm uh, not, I don't know. The, I, I, the case was this guy, Jeremy Pauly. And what he did is he contacted a woman in Arkansas who worked for Mortuary Services, uh, a company that dealt with the UAMS. Uh, Which is our medical school. Medical school. Right. And she stole wet body parts and mailed it to him in a five-gallon bucket. That's a problem because he's receiving stolen goods and yeah. she's doing far worse than that in my opinion. I We can't find that she's been charged with anything. Well, I, I followed up with Ender Darling yeah. who had, who was actually, it, it, this whole Bongazi thing was kind of crazy. <laughs> it turns out she ended up serving um, probably about, I think it's two or three months actually in the jail and got a five year suspended sentence and they reinterred whatever they found yeah. of hers, but who knows what left her hands and, and all she that. She was stealing thing. from graves though. Right. Exactly. Well, the thing is, is how is that any different? If you are illegally taking a body part from someone who is deceased in a mortuary, deceased in the ground, yes, there's the extra heinous uh, concept of quote unquote, disturbing someone's rest. But in all cases, that's illegal. It's wrong. I don't do it. I yeah. don't want to deal with anybody who does it, does it, which is why I go through proper channel. Right, right, right. We were just, it just piqued our interest. It's like, what the heck is going on? We don't understand this. And we were like, we're trying to think of, well, how would you go about it? What would you do? What, what's, what's the most popular? Yes. What's the most popular body part? For me, cervical vertebrae. Really? Cervical vertebrae. Okay. They have a unique shape. They do have they do. Uh, an area. If you've seen the pictures on my website, um, you can see that. Uh, I don't know if you, you want me to say the website or you're just going to. No, go ahead. Thing. No, it's fine. Absolutely. Right, www.darkerartsstudio.com. It's Darker Arts Studio. So the, the yeses are, are coupled together. Darker Arts and Studio with an S as well. Um, and, and cervical vertebrae lend themselves to being bejeweled with the cabochon. I have uh, one of the big pictures and one of the signature pieces has a piece of red jade from Colorado. Um, and they, they tend to lend themselves because they, I think they're a lovely, delicate, pendant shape. And everybody always says, oh, my back stinks. So, you know, I need one of these. I need an extra one. And they make a joke. <laughs> but um, the, the, I think the most popular is that, is, is the cervical vertebra because I've done so many pieces they always sell out first wow okay so i went on amazon uh-huh and real human foot bones proximal natural bone 25 dollars. and then that's on amazon yes real human fibula natural bone 69 dollars Real human rib, natural bone, 40 bucks. So I could literally go on there right now and order a rib bone for $40. I, it's, that, that blows my mind. It does. It totally 100% blows my mind. Amazon. And I don't know which, Amazon which company is on Amazon, but chances are the person that you are, that is, that is the seller is likely a company that I may or may not deal with. I don't know who, who the seller is on Amazon, but I know they're on there. It just totally blows my mind. Yeah. But you <laughs> so, also yeah, it, you also have it, a it, macabre uh, world podcast as well. We want to make yes, sure indeed. everybody knows about this. Macabre world 
the Darker Arts Radio Hour. Yes. Very nice. So we check those guys out too. That's awesome. So it looks like it says here Skulls Unlimited International. Yep, that is one of the companies, and they have their own website on the web as well. Whoa. I, Amazon literally sells everything. No joke. They literally sell everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would have thought to Google? I mean, or not Google, but like go on Amazon and literally go, human body parts. Uh, I don't know. It's, well, I, you know, I get it, and it's okay. I don't have a problem with it. I don't either, but I'm but like totally mind like, blown. Oh, what the heck, man? That's all right. I, I hate to removed all expectation of, of bizarre, creepy, and sorted and directed you right to Amazon. <laughs> but that's hilarious. And it also says that for domestic cat skulls, kitten. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, hey, you and I both at a... At you a, could buy uh, it on a firm. <laughs> you, can, you can pay it off monthly, yes. Sorry. Uh, you know, I'm just totally yeah. mind blown by that. $54, you could buy it with a firm for $13.50 every two weeks. <laughs> there you go. Well, totally you know, mind blown. Ethically source retired medical specimens from either osteological suppliers, museum suppliers. There are also people who are quote unquote bone brokers, which is, I kind of am a subset because I'm really an artist. I'm not looking to buy and sell for profit as far as like, I'm not looking to pick up a skull for X amount and then, you know, make resell a little commission. Yeah. I'm not a reseller that way. I'm a creator and I'll sell the creation, but I'm not a reseller, but there are people who are resellers. Right. And they, and, and what happens is collectors bequeath their collection. The family goes, what the hell are we going to do with all this? <laughs> One of the craziest things, and I, I don't know how active they are in different areas of the country, but, um, the Odd Fellows. The I don't know if you fellows. have Odd Fellows Halls. The Odd Fellows is a fraternal organization that, that is up here. You'll see the occasional uh, Order of Odd Fellows, the Benevolent Order of Odd Fellows, whatever it is. Oh, I see. The yeah. Odd Fellows, yeah, the Odd Fellows um, for the longest time, most of your Odd Fellows Halls had a full human skeleton in a coffin that was typically bequeathed from one of the four. Now, I don't know how they got around, how they, how they got the, obtain the actual guy, but like one of their past masters or so, it was very common to find a skeleton in a coffin in an odd fellow's hall because for whatever their initiation, I'm not, I'm not a member of any of these types of organizations. I don't know the full, the full deal. but if you were actually Google odd fellows skeleton, you'll see that sometimes they sell them. Sometimes people find them, people buy them and some of them still have, some of the ceremonial ribbons yeah, attached or, or go with, and those are huge collectibles. Wow, there is. I'm looking here. They've got them all in coffins. And so, yeah. you know, we're, we're out there. There's a lot of us legal weirdos out there. <laughs> and, and we're all talking about bones we're buying and selling. And everybody's got, like, their penchant. Everybody's got their thing. Me, personally, I, I, I like... I like finger bones. I like foot bones. I love carpals and metacarpals. And I really like vertebrae. My vertebrae don't care for me. That's how you end up getting into <laughs> IT. But, um, you know, it's, it, I guess you could call me a necromantic. <laughs> so and you only well, really you. sell bones. Do you sell anything else? Like, I have human I organs have or anything. I don't. I do not. See, that's I know what I didn't understand about the Jeremy Pauly guy. 
he bought hearts and stomachs and vertebrae and 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 he bought he bought uh, uh, tendons and skin. I was like, what? Well, there are, there are collectors who, like I said, have, have there are items that go for very high prices. It's not something that appeals to me. Yeah. But there are collectors that seem to obtain. Um, a lot of these things are imported from, from Europe and, 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 and whatnot, but they, there are shrunken heads. There are humans, books bound in human skin. They do search like some of the, some of the oddity collectors pages on like Facebook or, or some of these other groups. And you'll see stuff like that. I'm really like the mild child of all of this, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, because well, I'm just, you know, I don't know. It's just bones. like, sometimes it just, I, how, I guess it's okay if the person that donated the skin said, yeah, go ahead. Um, so. Well, there's a thing now, and I read an article on it a little while back, where some people are adding details in their final disposition uh, documents where if they have a, um, a tattoo. Yeah particularly meaningful to have that section of skin cut out, tanned, preserved, set in low sight or something. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. And I was kind of, I mean, I have a tattoo of my shoulder, but I'm like, I really don't think my kids want to see that tattoo of my dragonfly up on I the can't, wall. I can't. No, it's not. I can't. But I've heard of that. And my thought process is okay. Like I understand the bone thing might be kind of interesting, but what are you going to do with like a heart? Or a liver, or it's... Again, if it's not preserved in formalin and it's viable tissue, you're going to get a whole boatload of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> makes, I mean, it makes sense. One I mean, of the things that I was really worried about, and I don't know how... I mean, I guess if, as long as you're dealing with a reputable, reputable company that has a history, the one thing that I was worried about was you get these parts... Um, let's say you get them from someone who's, you know, just off the street, like this guy did. Uh, and how do you know that's not someone he murdered and now you have the parts and now you could be accused of murder. I, I can't imagine, um, Knowing anyone who, because no one I know would, would, would engage in a transaction like that. No one I've ever done business with. And again, I tend to do business with, I, I do business exclusively with all of these osteological and educational. Yeah. Just make sure they're, so, make sure they're reputable right. and licensed and have a history they didn't open yesterday. Makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, you know, because you know, they're reputable, they're got the correct connections, they did the correct paperwork, their family's on board. Because I mean, I can only imagine like, you purchase, say, a, a femur or, or whatever from a website, and you find out later that it was not reputable, and it was someone's grandmother. I mean, I would be horrified. Well, that that's that that simply isn't the case for any of I can only speak for, for my operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. why we were talking to you, because you're you know, you're reputable. You're not out there trying to steal stuff. So God, no, because I, like, I did have a very interesting. I had a client at a, at a convention. I do the horror cons oh, and, okay. and, and the reaction, by the way, from horror fans is, is really funny. But um, and I had one lady said, you know, I had and she was an older lady. She was there with with with, I think, the grand. And she said, you know, I have diabetes really bad and I'm going to lose my toe. If they cut it off, can you make a necklace out of it? I'm just sort of looking at it. <laughs> why not? I guess. I, I guess why not? It's your toe. Yeah. 
I I can't help you. <laughs> I can I can pretty much guarantee they're not going to let you keep it. No, just not how this they is going to work. They should let you keep it if it's if you're going in and you have to have your foot lopped off and you want to keep it. They could, you know, they you they should make you remove the de- the compost compost compostable the stuff that rots and just leave you with the bone. I mean that's fair. It's your it's your foot. Well, it's not like when you go into surgery and anything that is removed from your body has to be sent to pathology. It's not like they ask you at the bottom of the questionnaire, "Would you like to keep it?" <laughs> you know, well, I wanted my tonsils in the worst way, but you know, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, in there as long as they're <laughs> yours, I okay, that's cool. I mean, it doesn't really work quite that way. And I and I gotta say, of all the other things that have since been removed. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a very fair, uh, red haired person. So there's been lots of little bits and bobs that get cut <laughs> out here. And, and let me tell you, I don't want any of it back. I just tell everyone I'm losing weight. Like, you know, <laughs> one, one punch biopsy at a time. Yeah, one at a time. So I got a, <laughs> okay. So I got a question. Say you want to mail some, I don't know, some fingers or phalanges or whatever to somebody in a state that allows that. Do you go to the post office and, and put them in a box and do, do you, you have to declare it? Do you have to fill out a certain form? I mean, how does that work? Because I honestly went on the post. Okay, hey, go ahead. For international. But the, the like, if I order from someplace, again, I'm not talking about the three no-no states. Yeah, right, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. 40, 40, I don't, I personally don't trade internationally, um, but some, some may, I do not. So I only deal with 47 states okay. and my suppliers are, are, are legal established businesses. And then I, I go to, I do not have to warn someone that in the box is human bone. I have to pack it carefully, of course. And, and I, and all that good stuff. I don't want, when I order, you know, my bones, if I order like, you know, a vertebra, this, that, or the when it comes to me, it says, you know, the, the name of the bone place. I've ordered from, who was it was online? Was it the Skulls Unlimited? Yes. I've ordered from them before. I have. And, and, and you know, and I have, they, they give a receipt. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to say, a caution, human remains. Okay. Okay. It, in, in that case. Now, do, do some people illegally get bones in and out of states where they shouldn't? Probably, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. No, no, we're not you saying know, you are. Of course. I realize that, that you, you know, you could probably kind of like side eye and say, yeah, well, of course you didn't admit to that. If, if you got to know me, I'm not really a rule breaker. You know why? It's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not it, worth it, it. It doesn't, it's not that big. You know, you could do enough without having that. Yeah. Well, I and, guess. And not, oh, go ahead. The only reason why I ask is because my only experience with, just be personal here, dealing with human stuff is when my father passed away, he was cremated and I had to put his ashes on a plane and I get all this paperwork and all this stuff to hand to TSA and they make this big, huge, gigantic deal out of running his ashes through the metal detector and all, all that good stuff. And they hand the box to me. And I guess I kept thinking, is this the same process for United States Postal Service? Because they sure made it seem like it was a big no. to-do that I put these ashes on a plane because they handed them to me and they said, don't tell anybody they're ashes because people will get a little paranoid. I'm like, okay. Well, people get creepy if they, and that's probably why they don't say attention. There's human bones in this yeah. box. Um, but it made me think like the Postal Service is just like, you know, I don't know, like 
I live in a small town. Joe Blow, postal service guy from Eureka Springs. He's going to mail. I'm going to order me some femurs and they're coming to me. And it does is I just it totally blows my mind what you could put through the postal service. And it's not labeled on the front. I guess that was kind of like, wow, I can. There's got to be a limit. I mean, it's, if you're mailing a bucket full of, you know, gizzards you probably have to have a biohazard certificate or something i mean i'm really tempted to order some of these like rib bones off amazon and see what happens you can just make a mobile out of that's lovely because i'm like mind Um, blown it's like you could literally order anything there there are people who specialize in in scrimshaw um on human bones which is it's an an incredibly interesting art form oh yeah um You know, there's, 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 there's human bone scrimshaw artists. There are, there are people who have, like I said, uh, most of the things that are seem outrageous, like books found in skin, shrunken heads, none of those items are under a hundred years old. Really? That, okay. that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's, it's for them to be legit. They're basically, um, Fourteen hundreds, fifteen, sixteen hundreds. Yeah, and 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 sometimes they go into collectors and museum trade. You know, it's it's I I I know it's not for everybody, and I know I'm strange. I'm totally okay. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm like you know really. Good. I always thought bones were beautiful, but but my my fascination and and if you'll indulge me, to going back to to skulls and bones and graveyards was I was a bullied kid. I was a horrifically bullied kid. I was fat, smart, and I had red hair. That's like a trifecta of bully. And where I grew up, we have all these very old, and for for the area, it's old. I mean, they go back to like 1680. My town was settled in 1680. So uh, my hometown. And, uh, you know, I would be bullied. And then the bullies were afraid to go in the cemetery. So I just kind of like ran blindly in there just because, you know. Sanctuary, man. Right. And the thing was that they'd stay at the gate. So I'd end up trapped in there for hours sometimes until until they bored. And so I started walking around. And when you look at um, old New England gravestones, uh, the carvings are very, are very interesting. And and I would start getting curious. Now I knew the names of like the schools and whatnot in my hometown. And a lot of those names are town founder kind of people. So I'd say, huh, Oh, Bradford, like Bradford Street, or oh, uh, ah, okay. Reynolds, like Reynolds yeah. School. So I started getting curious about that. And my dad, my late father, was uh, was a teacher. So when I come home and I start asking questions about who's this guy and that guy and what's that mean, he was like, "All right, we'll look it up." So by the t- I'm still in single, single digits and I'm wearing white gloves down at the town hall, you know, going to a book that basically smells like sweat socks, <laughs> trying to check out, you know the cause of death and how did this baby die so early? Cause I was a little kid. I thought it was creepy when I, you know, I didn't understand. So I started getting fascinated by it and I, I loved the artwork, the representation skulls, winged skulls were big winged hourglasses. You've seen a lot of those classic, um, you know, new England motifs. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. So all of that became a fascination. I became a volunteer. You could probably smell that one coming. <laughs> and ended up working very actively in, in grant writing and cemetery preservation. Yeah. See, that's something that people here in the South, 
We just don't have a whole lot of. I mean, well, we have really nice cemeteries, and we have some really Maybe. old eclectic cemeteries, but we don't have anyone. It's just not a thing here in Northwest Arkansas where we're at to really preserve these cemeteries and and make sure that things are done right. There are cemeteries out in the woods out here that are just going away and they're just getting swallowed by the ground because we grow rocks in Arkansas. That's literally our, <laughs> our Northwest Arkansas state crop is rocks. They, they come up out of the ground like magna magma. But so magma. yeah, we, we, so this, it, it, our ground grows. It's interesting. It gets thicker and thicker every year. And eventually if you put something in there, it goes away. And that's what's had like this Confederate cemetery in Fayetteville they try to take care of it, but it's just not an interest anymore, I guess. And well, it's kind of unfortunate. It's, you know, New England has such a richer history for cemeteries. Oh, I only on the fact that I don't think it's richer. It's different. But I think there's a tremendous amount of history in, in pretty much all areas. If, if someone had a cemetery in their, in their local vicinity and they were worried about uh, upkeep or, or preservation or restoration – some of the groups that I've dealt with, you know, in all kinds of uh, areas and in, in areas of the country, you know, your local veterans groups can be very helpful. Your Rotary, your Kiwanis type folks, a lot of your civic groups yeah. um, are looking to, to help. The Boy and Girl Scouts of America are incredible helpers. Really? And a lot, well, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, they have a cemetery badge. Oh, okay. And especially if you get uh, some folks that are going for the higher echelon scouting awards, yeah. the Eagles and whatnot, you're going to get some some folks that are that are that are really going to work very very hard. They have a lot of dedication and a lot of heart. So, if you're in a community and you have a cemetery that's failing, uh, try to reach out to some of your community and veterans organizations and your scouting organizations. You might be able to get a posse together to to help uh, at least slow the slow the deterioration yeah, and try to keep it up. I there you they literally some of these places the headstones look like they're sinking into the ground. They're not they like, the ground yeah. is growing up around them. Well the oh, one the that, is right. that my family is buried in, part of my family is it's oh it's old. I mean there are um gosh, there's some people in there that come for like pre Civil War, post Civil War. Well the Battle of Pea Ridge, your family owned part of that Right. Land, so. Right. And it's interesting because a lot of my mother's, I guess you could say, fa- side of the family is before there really were headstones, there were rocks that they would put for headstones. So it's a lot of cool history here, but a lot of the local people in Pea Ridge keep that cemetery up because it's old. Well, we've got a black cemetery in Lincoln, Arkansas, that's just right on the, used to be on the outskirts of town. Now the town borders have changed and uh, the Mason Dixon line runs right through here. And uh, you know, the Lincoln Arkansas was on the side of the North and Prairie Grove, Arkansas presumably was on the side of the South. And so they couldn't bury black men or women or children anywhere near Prairie Grove. So they have a black cemetery in Lincoln because they're like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. So, yeah, we've got some really interesting cemeteries that we probably should keep up. 
Oh, absolutely. And and there's like the Sons of Confederate Veterans, I know, is a, is a, is a nationwide organization. And, and those are folks that are into preserving history. And and I think that that's important. I'm sure there's there's a number of uh, it's funny. I, I, I'm envious listening to, to all of the my family was here. At this, my family. Well, let's put it this way. The people that came here from another country and my family, I know them personally. <laughs> <laughs> My, my family is very, very new. I was, I, I am born and raised in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, but my, my father's family is from um, Italy, Sicily, specifically. Oh, okay. And my mom's family is from Portugal. Portugal. All right. That's the Azores. If anybody has ever been in the service and had to fuel up a plane in the middle of Atlantic, they are familiar with yeah. Lodges Field on the island of Tuseta. That's where, where my mom's family is from. Yeah, Andrea and I, um, we have different family lineages, if that's a word. Uh, but 1640s was the first recorded time that my ancestors showed up in America. When was yours? You do a lot more of that uh, stuff than um, I do. One of my ancestors on my mother's side came over from Germany and formed Germantown. I think it's Pennsylvania, Virginia area. It's I think it's absorbed into another town, but one of the founders of Germantown. So I have German roots yeah. and um, Jewish well, roots. And there's Newton, Iowa, Newton, everything. Anything, anytime you see a Newton, that's unfortunately my lineage. So they went around and just named everything Newton for some reason. I'm particularly partial to the fig. <laughs> the big fig. Thank you very much. The big fig. The big <laughs> Lovely, lovely pastries. Very much. So what but, got yeah. you involved in all this? Well, I, I really do think it started from that, that weird yet. And, and some feel it's like kind of, everybody says, you got to stop telling the bully story. I'm like, but that's how it happened. But that's how it happened. So there you are. That's how it happened. Um, I, I just, and that, got me into cemeteries and that got me into, you know, I've always, I guess, been a little creepy. I don't, it's funny when I meet quote unquote goths and I'm doing air quotes that, that the audience can't see. <laughs> I think they're disappointed that I just like sort of look sort of, you know, yeah. normal. Yeah, normal. You're not the goth. <laughs> yeah, you know, normal. Well, you know, I found there was a TV show, um, some of that, it was a, it was a woman, uh, coroner or medical examiner and her assistant was all goth. And one day he decided he was going to really dig into it. And I know most of my friends would be like that guy because as soon as he got to where the real goth people were and he started seeing real death and real bad stuff, he immediately quit. And <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Some people just enjoy, you know, having the pretenses, I suppose. Well, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you'll back me up on this, Andrea. I think um, that, you know, you ever, you ever meet something, I could be an EMT, I could be an OR nurse, I could do that. <laughs> you know why? Because. You know, I, I can watch horror movies and none of that stuff grosses me out. Yeah, yeah. movies don't That's smell, true. buddy. Movies no. do not smell. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrea has a... Can you, do you, would you like to share with her your experience when you were young? As far as... The, the, the episode when you were 
working as an assistant. Oh, oh. You re- this is the perfect time to share that episode. It's really interesting. When I was a coroner's assistant? Yeah. I mean, you got to back up and tell us the whole thing. Oh, gosh. I was at nursing school. I was Where? And up in Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. I was okay. more or less trying to hold my own and not uh, live in an apartment, pay my own way, this, that, and the other. And I was a coroner's assistant, and I got to experience a lot of interesting macabre things, basically like um, taking bodies out of rivers and... Yeah, but one specific, though. Oh, gosh, this one. Yes, he likes to talk about this one. We, I was going to school, close to graduating, was on call because I want to make money, and got paged to pig farm and I'm out there and I'm up there and the guy hands me these waiters and he goes, okay, put these on. So I put them on and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, you need to go, <clears throat> excuse me, go out there in the trough there and look for parts. And I'm like, parts, he goes parts. So I'm in di- knee deep in mud, pulling up teeth and parts of skull and just all these mainly teeth. Turns out there was a gentleman in that area that uh, decided that he wanted to pick up hookers from areas around Lansing. Was it Robert Picton? I don't really remember the name, to be honest. It's been so long. And he would... 2018? It's close, yeah. Robert Picton. Basically decided that, oh yeah, I uh, like these hookers and I'm going to have fun with them. And he dumped them in his pig farm and his pigs ate them. Oh, pigs are, I think they're right up there with alligators as far as their ability to, uh, you know, I I guess dispose of, because you see that in the movies. Well, the crabs in the uh, South Carolina bogs, you want to get rid of a body in a day, they will just go up there and and, and they just devour it. Yeah, I... I, Saltwater marshes? I could not... on the movies, you know, they they just like they 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 take a take a flatboat out of a swamp, and you know, I watch Dexter. I get this. <laughs> you know, he's in Miami. You know, speaking of Dexter, and we, you know, I was talking about some of the funny reactions. At a at a horror, uh, uh, there are uh, several horror conventions where I vent, and and I historically do very well there. But what's funny is, and again, part of the fun is that it is polarizing. And I say fun, not in the sense that I don't think many people uncomfortable, but I just surprise them from time to time. <laughs> and, you know, I had a lady who was looking at my table and she looks at me and she goes, human bones, real human bones. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, she think that's a little sick. And I'm looking at her like, you're wearing a Dexter shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And you're wearing a, de- you're at a horror convention wearing a Dexter shirt, and I'm the sicko. All right. But that yeah, whole and, and, experience I had, I couldn't really even, of course, I'm Jewish. We don't really eat pork, but we're not supposed to. But I couldn't even look at bacon in the grocery store or ham in the grocery store for some years afterwards because I would remember pulling up teeth and, and stuff in the mud, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> Historically, the crab is a no-no as well, if I'm not mistaken. Say yes, what? yes, you're correct. Oh, crabs, yeah. Yes, you were correct. Yeah. So, so all, the scavengers, and, yes. you know. Um, 
I'm a New Englander, and and, and I, I got to tell you, I I don't like ham, so it's hard to. <laughs> and, and it's not that I have any kind of like personal or or spiritual objection. I find it salty and yucky, so I don't eat it. Right. But you know, I'll, obviously, you know, I'll take a lobster any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, it's 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 true. There are some crazy crazy people out there. There are families who have people that that they're not going to see again and they're wondering about in no way would I personally ever be part of any stock trade, right. anything that would contribute to, to, to law breaking lawlessness. I don't do any of that. It's weird to, to say, and, and it may be difficult, but now that you know a little bit about my history, I really have a reverence for the dead. Basically it started them saving my ass in the schoolyard, you know, from the bullies. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so, you know, and for some reason I was like, I don't know why they're all freaked out. Why won't they come in here? Well, I'm glad they won't, but why? I don't get it. And then I, I, I realized that every stone was a story. And then I started with, with encouragement from, from my dad looking up those stories. And then I started, you know, finding ways to, to work with pres- uh, conservation and preservation. And when I was able to obtain human bones via the, it was really the internet that broke that for me. I wanted to elevate them into an art form as for me, it is a reverence and folks will say, Oh, well, you know, what if, what if there's some really bad, bad, one guy walked by my table, he goes, you want poltergeist? Cause that's how you get poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> so who buys your stuff? I mean, is it just like a mixture of like, Somebody in New York walking down, I don't know, a very fancy street to somebody. I mean, who, who's... I have a pretty, pretty good gamut. The bulk of, of my clientele are people with uh, medical or academic interest. I've been featured in um, the Rowan University Medical School. Their humanities, uh, their annual uh, photographs of my jewelry has been featured in there. It's called the Asclepian. Huh. And the Asclepian featured a piece of my jewelry. And this is at a, at a very, very well-respected uh, medical school in New Jersey. So, you know, it, it, med- medical and academic, I've been my steadiest and, and easily obtained clientele. I do show at um, horror conventions. I have a table. First of all, horror conventions are fun. They're a good time. There's some terrific people there, and and they all and I've I've enjoyed everyone that I met. And and there are a lot of people who are interested in it for the shock factor, and that's where you're going to get your shock factor thing. I've done some uh, art shows and craft shows, and I sell online. So sometimes people just come looking for me. But believe it or not, I, I would say that the bulk of my clientele is academic and medical. So what's the weirdest thing you've ever personally made for someone? You know, I, I don't want to say I don't take requests. I don't work with a lot of different bones. So I mainly work with cervical and thoracic vertebra. And also I, I work with um, mostly carpals, metacarpals, and, and your, your, some of your tarsal phalange. It, it, can, it can vary. It's basically what I'm able to get, you know, within my budget and how many pieces I want to make and what I'm kind of like seeing in my mind's eye. But one day I bought a scapula really right and 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 in the same fashion that i've obtained all my other ethically sourced bones but i got a scapula which obviously can't really be a piece of jewelry no because i made it into a yeah it's too big and i made it into a terrarium Hmm. 
and I made an, an, an air terrarium, like an eco terrarium with, with a human scapula. And I even labeled it with a nice plaque and it's under glass and it had a light and everything. So like nobody and requests, that, like, I want a big femur to be like, I don't know. a, a Well, people have asked me, do you never get a femur? I was like, yeah, but I, I, you know, and I tell, I tell them the same thing I told you, you know, you know where to get a femur now. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm not. You know, I'm not going you know. to. But okay. I mean, <laughs> I just wondered if anybody's like, I want a human skull, and I want it painted, and I want a this, that, and the other. Or if if someone wanted me to paint a human skull, I would. Human skulls are ridiculously expensive. Really? Like how much? Um, I want to say the absolute cheapest skull I ever saw. And whenever I see one below a thousand, that's when I start worrying about where it comes from. But if you were to look up at some of those, yeah, I don't, I won't even look, give that a second look. I don't want anything to do with that. But when you look on some of the, again, the osteological supply places, you're going to see human skulls are anywhere from, I think the lowest prices would be about 12 or 1300 and up. Wow. You got one. You just don't want somebody just willy nilly painting it. There are collectors' items. Um, again, these usually are, 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 are antique, and the Tibetan uh, people actually decorate their skulls with hammered silver. Really? They, and they make they're a religious curio. That's also something I'm very sensitive to, in the sense that um, one of the reasons I, I I go through the channels I do is I also in addition to having general respect for the dead hugely, hugely respectful of the Native American uh, Cemeteries Act and things like that. I don't want any that I'm going to to um, be part of a problem instead of part of the solution. Yeah, that's a big deal. And it's it doesn't happen so much anymore. But just like anything being dealing with humans, it still happens. But the Native Americans, they just got their their burial grounds and cemeteries just ravaged over the years. Right. And and that's that's every kind of wrong. Yeah, it is because it's, it's 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 not okay. And I also, I, I mean, me personally, maybe it's because I don't have a dog in the fight, and and my family, you know, only got here, you know, fairly recently. But um, I, I see a lot of appropriation that I don't think is 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 a good thing. What do you mean? And and I, in the sense that you know, a dream catcher is a sacred symbol. To see one at the dollar store, I think, is insulting. Ah, okay. Okay. So- I think that 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 would be no different than, you know, your plastic Jesus, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> so- or or whatever the whatever any any equivalent is. I think that that I like, for example, I was talking about Tibetan skulls. Those are a religious item. That isn't yeah. something. Even if I had all the money in the world, that I would personally want to own i think they're beautiful i know people who own them i'm not judging them but i'm going to tell you for me it's not it's not a creep factor for me it's a respect thing that's a religious item i am not a member of said religion i think it's respectful to to not uh indulge on my my end but you heard of there you know fair game so (laughs) what do you do if say i'm sure you have friends that are kind of along the same kind of maybe just same things that you do say what do you do? Who do you report to for someone that you feel like is being unethical and maybe just wanting it for the money and not being respectful? Because you said skulls. If you cast them you know, below what, a thousand, you said yeah. that you get a little upset. What if you 
what do you do? Do you report these people? Is it someone you reported to? I mean, what do you, how do you, you can report, promote you can it report there, there is no like bone buyer and seller governing body. <laughs> a lot of, you will notice now, I don't know if you're into true crime and all that good stuff, you realize just how active internet sleuthing is. Oh yes. Whenever one sees those types of things, it's typically online and in a group and you ought to see the feeding frenzy when that happens. They will, they will take screenshots. They send them to the authorities. They find out where that person's posting from. And then somebody's brother who does IT finds out their IP address. And this is all before I've even seen the post because I usually tend to come late to these bodies. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's there. First of all, those who truly love, love the, the, the art and collection are going to govern themselves. Secondly, if you are walking down the street and or on a trail and you seem to think that you found a human bone and you'd be surprised how much certain animal bones can look like some oh, of the yeah. same stuff. Oh yeah. If somebody looked at me and goes, how do I know they're animal bones? I'm like, okay, well you have a ferret face. I guess that makes, <laughs> you know, the Frank Burns <laughs> eats worms face. But yeah, you know, it's, the reason, first of all, like I said, I carry documentation on everything I have because I don't want people to think that yeah. they're being hoodwinked and or to think that I would do anything to fish. So, but they, if you find bones, you need to call your local authority. Yeah. Full stop. You have to report that. That's, exactly. If you open up, you know, if you open up a, you know, people, I guess, ex- excavating within their house, you open up a wall and a skeleton falls out. You don't say, oh, hey, let me give Rocky a call because she might do not call me immediately without any hesitation. Please call your local authorities because someone's Someone's dead. And that's not. No, they weren't. They weren't put there for, you know, I'm tired of looking at these bones. I've been around the family. Let's sell them on the Internet. I'm just going to put them in the wall. No, that's not where people store those things. So if somebody falls out of your wall. Doctors and dentists (laughs) and. And, and other medical personnel who, for whatever reason, collect osteological specimens that do, usually they, I think, typically they will their collections to medical schools and, yeah. and such, because I think, you know, teaching, teaching items. But what, what may not, you know, maybe there are some that are, are, are not either needed or they're not going to pass the quality muster or whatever, because sometimes, and they end up getting, going to places like, you know, some of these clearing houses. Also, there's also a big trade in uh, search and rescue hmm. for people to train cadaver dogs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're, these, they're training tools. If, if, if anything, and besides the fact that you haven't, you know, if you've learned anything today besides when I'm not a criminal, yeah. is, <laughs> is that, you know, what happens and, and what we do with the shell parts afterwards can be amazing. It can be art. Yes. It can be, it can be the reason a policeman goes home to his family because his body was used in ballistics. He donated his body and they used it to make a better Kevlar vest. So the next guy gets to go home to his wife yeah. and kids. It can be a crash test dummy. And the, again, I, I loved Mary Roach's book stiff and, and that will go into, she visits all these places and talks about the, the cadaver trade. But, the, um, you know, it could be the reason there's a lot of things. And I understand that some people may not be art. If that's not what you want to be, then I think there are provisions when you, 
sign off on the dotted line of what goes and stays that you can make. So you mentioned something about, <clears throat> excuse me, documentation for your parts. Like what documentation do you need? Me personally, I keep all my receipts, where I got it, when I got it. If somebody yeah. says, you know, how do you know that's not Jimmy Hoffa's toe? Because <laughs> I thought that's Jimmy Hoffa's toe. Here's who you go to and talk about it. Yeah. So like from this place that you go like on Amazon, you have like where the and Amazon has records of where they got it from and then so on and so forth. So it's how long do you keep these records for? I would say forever. I keep my- I would say too, but yep. I mean you know, like medical records keep my- only keep it for so long. So go ahead. You can treat it like the provenance of an art piece. And obviously, my pieces do become art, but in, in, in the regular sense, there's like the provenance for uh, somebody's going to sell a Picasso for, you know, whatever a Picasso goes for. I have a feeling it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody's going to sell a Picasso for, for $38 million. They're going to want to see every owner. They're going to want to see every trade. Yeah. They're going to want to make sure someone it's not copied. All of those things. So it's not unlike the provenance. My corner of it is just, I have the next step. So if someone says, I need to know where this came from, here's where I got it from and when I got it. And no doubt for my order number, they probably have their records and you can chase it back. The provenance is unfettered and clear cut. Okay. So there's like very little chance of you actually getting hold of something that was obtained illegally. Not not through my methods. Well, yeah, now, through a reputable dealer, usually not. Yeah. So right. is there like things out there in the community that you know are not reputable that you're like, hmm, stay away from them? Um, I wouldn't say that I know for sure they aren't reputable. When I see things that are priced very much under what they're worth, one of two things comes to mind. Either it was obtained in, in a in a bad in a bad sort and, and I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Or it's a scam. So they're trying to scam take- usually. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just, I'm speaking in general observation here. It's like Kelly blue book is for cars. Is there like a Kelly blue book for human body parts? Well, it, it, the internet really, if you were there, there's more than one, there's more than one game in town. Okay. There's more than one. Set. And, and I like, you know, I think that if you go on, you can see what I'll call the going rate. The going rate is a big thing. Okay. And uh, so when you, when you get, cause w- when you're interested and we're, we're not talking like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say they don't cost an arm and a leg, but when you get into <laughs> goals, when you get into things like, you know, and, and our entire articulated arms, when you get into some of these um, estate pieces, yeah. some of these religious pieces, like your Tibetan skull and, and when, there are groups, on all social media platforms for people to buy, sell, trade. And they typically will adhere by the way. I think that their posts are interesting. I certainly don't always know who is or isn't, you know, I don't know these people. I buy from who I know, but you know, I, I think that, that it's, it's a caveat emptor both ethically and financially to to deal with, with someone who is a, a, you know, reputable dealer. If it's someone I know personally that says, you know, my uncle was a dentist and I have a jar of teeth. First of all, ew. And 
you know, I don't know what you want. You ready for this? This is going to make you laugh. I think teeth are gross. Really? <laughs> I don't, no, I don't think teeth. I think they're yucky. Because um, <laughs> people are like, do you make teeth? No. Hey. Do you with teeth? Uh, why? Gross. <laughs> um, you know, there are places that you can't sell bones. You cannot sell anything with, uh, like, I cannot sell my human bone jewelry on eBay. I can't sell it on Etsy. And I do have an Etsy shop that's just really a placeholder. They don't let so you that, sell that on Etsy, do they? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Well, so if, if you I find something on Etsy, it's not real. It's either not real or, or Etsy hasn't caught them yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 But, you know, there's there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of... Um, of, of reputable places, you know, it's easy to do a search and you will see that there are items that are inexpensive to, to some degree. And then you'll see some items like some of those Tibetan skulls, you know, they end up going for thousands and thousands. They're absolutely beautiful. But for me, that's not something I feel comfortable. Yeah, it's that's the religion stuff. That's not right. Mm. I'm, you know, for somebody who's pretty much a heathen, I'm very respectful. spiritually. <laughs> I, you know, I make a jest going in, but it, but it's the truth. And I'm very respectful of the dead, which all seems diametrically opposed to the wacky lady who makes bone jewelry. <laughs> well, well it's, 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 it's true. You know? Well, I really appreciate you answering my questions because I've just been very curious about this after, especially since we heard about this person or back door selling stuff. I've just, I don't know. She should go to jail. I agree. I don't know why she's not in jail. I don't know why we haven't heard about any kind of, any kind of, uh, 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 charges against her that, that woman's first off, she stole the guy sold it, bought it, paid her four grand twice. So $8,000 for a buckets of body parts. Oh, the buckets of body parts. Yeah. That's a, you know what? There were so many red flags before you even get to the body parts with that story. Yeah. It, yeah, that's that's. If you look him up, you'll you'll be like, oh, interesting. And then, you know, Andrea gets on to me. He says, just because he likes piercings and body art doesn't mean he's a bad dude. And I'm like, well, I understand, but it kind of makes sense that he would just buy stuff off the internet. Okay, but yeah, no, he's he's in trouble. But she, far as I can tell, she's not, and she stole stuff from the services. So absolutely none of that is okay. Desecration. And it is, uh, I believe there is, there is some, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it's, it's, it's like desecration, but before they're actually interred, it's something along the lines of violation. But I want to say abuse of a corpse. Oh, something about inappropriateness with a corpse. I can't remember the words. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a set of laws that, that, that um, apply to prior to um, interment as yeah. opposed to desecrations after when people get dug up. And, and, and none of that's okay. None yeah, of that. I agree. Well, I really appreciate you kind of setting the record straight, kind of educating us a little bit on this. Yeah, we had no idea. We had no idea. I've been... Ever since it, I've been very curious, and especially Amazon, I'm like totally mind blown by that. Um, just understanding the art and respectfulness, and the just how it works, how it happens, how it's an option for someone who wants to necessarily probably do that. I mean, it's an option. I mean, just how all the whole thing works. How there are people out there that do this very tastefully, and 
it's not, it can be a beautiful art form if done correctly. I think bones are beautiful. You know why? Why? Because there's a lot of arguments and hurt and pain about everything that comes out from the bones. People argue about who's got more muscle, less muscle. People argue about what color the skins are. People argue about how much fat is on you. And people make other people feel really bad. Underneath, we are bones. That's where we're the great equalizer. It's egalitarian, and I love it. All right. Well said. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for answering my questions. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure to meet you both. I, I appreciate it. Anybody who's interested in seeing the jewelry or listening to the podcast can go to darkerartstudio.com. Rocky, we appreciate it. And uh, absolutely visit our website uh, and, and definitely pass along her podcast because I'm sure they've got some more interesting stuff that's delves into some you know, we're very pinpoint here sometimes on what we do because, you know, we just got questions, man. So well, I'm definitely going to listen to podcast. I'm curious. Pardon? I'm going to listen to podcast. I'm curious. Well, I talked to a cannibal on one episode. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to listen. I'm curious. I'm just, I like- you, you can't be a can. Wait, hold it. You cannibal? <laughs> yes. Is he in jail? Wanna- no, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> anymore and he is he's from paris france his, his name is nico clo if you look up his he's currently um selling his art and he is known as the vampire of paris and he was on uh he was in the first season of my podcast how could he get away with eating people is that like a netflix he on goes this guy? into he tells his story with great flourish uh, but but the crux of it is is how long you get for murder, how long you get for what they prove. Apparently, at at one point in time, the uh, the, the the sentences for murder were you know a little different than they are now. But well, it's he France, has this, he has this, yeah, it's, it's it's a different legal system entirely. And he goes into 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 very specific detail because obviously I'm like, yo, knock me out, yeah. you know. <laughs> Well, well, I don't I'm know. Be worried about getting, getting mad cow disease or something like that. Well, you know, I, I I would imagine that that it's 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 the the question on everybody's mind, and he does answer it about what people taste like. And I'm sure uh, it's chicken. I, I, Everything's always chicken. It's not. <laughs> it's not. You, have to, you have to listen to the episode to find out. But I will tell you this. It's a damn good thing we don't taste like Oreos because I'd be in prison with them. <laughs> well, I like learning and have questions and feeling open about asking whatever. So I'm definitely going to listen. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to know what do we taste like and why. I don't want to know that. Well, I'm, I don't want to know what we taste like and why. I'm just. I don't need Chianti to finish my salad. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Nothing wrong with being curious. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Things I want to know. You're, you're making me question a whole lot of stuff at this point. <laughs> just saying. It's the reason things I want to know. If you ever have things that you want to know some more from me, it would be my honor to, to, to give you as many answers as I can. <laughs> I Thank appreciate so, it so much. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it too. All right. I guess that's today's episode. Things I want to know. All right. Bye. Bye.